Hey guys, welcome back to season two of Mickey Mike's Up. I'm so excited to be doing this again. I really did miss posting and sharing stories about things going on in women's sports with you guys over the holidays, but I am glad I took a break to spend time with family and just relax from school. But now second semester has started. There is a lot going on in sports. NWSL preseason is only a few weeks away and we are getting ready to dive right into all the things. So I am so excited that you guys are here. Thank you so much for coming back to listen to season two. Um, again, just all the support and messages from season one meant the absolute world to me and have only encouraged me to keep going with this. I have some super cool guests lined up for the next couple weeks uh, for episodes and I'm so excited for you all to hear I'm kind of going to be shifting this in a different direction for a little bit because one of the things that I love the most is hearing about people's jobs and just how much they love their job and what they do. And so over the next couple episodes, I'm going to be talking to people who work in different areas of sports. And so last season, you know, I had Ari and Connor and Bianca and Marissa Pilla and Jenna on here and they all work in different areas of sports and with teams or just reporting in general. And so I kind of want to keep going with that. And so I'm going to have a, today I have a freelance photographer on here who you guys will get to know later. And then I have some other cool people who all are in different areas and are just going to show you the different endless possibilities of what you can do working in sports. But with that being said, thank you so much for coming back. Remember to, you know, like, follow, um, share, all the things, and let's get into it. So today is the second day of sorority recruitment for me. And so because of that, well, okay. So I'm recording this on Friday and this episode is going to be up Saturday. But because, so Friday is the first day in case you guys are a little bit confused. I am possibly joining a sorority, a little bit embarrassing, but we're going to go with it. Um, and so I decided, you know, I only have a little bit of time because I do need to get ready so I decided that we were going to go over the top five things that are like kind of the latest sports news. I'm obviously going to be missing a lot of stuff because there's been a lot of big developments lately, but these were just the biggest ones um, that I could recall off the top of my head. So first thing that we're going to talk about is Stephanie LeBay. She announced her retirement um, a few days ago. I think it was the 19th she announced it. Um that she was going to be retiring from professional soccer. She played 85 games with Canada in her international career, had 44 clean sheets. She went to three World Cups, won an Olympic bronze, and this past summer won gold at the Olympics and was vital in that. People jokingly called her Canada's Minister of Defense because of how she stopped uh, the two penalties that led to them winning Canada's first ever Olympic gold. In the NWSL, she played with the North Carolina Courage and then played in Sweden for a while and has now been playing at PSG. And she only played th six games there, but through those six games, she kept a clean sheet in all of them. Um, she has been so outspoken with trying to get candidates' own league and better coverage and being able to... Ex words. Being able to find women's merchandise and get the women's jerseys and make that stuff more accessible and she's also been really open about um her mental health struggles as an athlete and just through it all has been an incredible teammate everybody had nothing but good things to say to her and I am wishing Steph all the best in her retirement and what she does next which I'm sure will still revolve in making sure Canada appreciates women's soccer <laughs> 
Now, just the other day, the Orlando Pride underwent some coaching changes, and so Amanda Cromwell, who was brought in from UCLA, is their head coach, and just the other day, they brought in Michelle Akers to be one of the assistant coaches alongside Sam Green and Seb Hines, and they are building up a really good coaching staff, and I know a lot of Orlando Pride fans have been worried about what their team is going to look like because they did just trade away Taylor Korniak and Emily Van Eggman. They lost, you know, Ashlyn Alley um, over the break. You also have Phoebe McLaren who left. And there's been a lot of players leaving, but they still have a really good team. Along with that, they had picked Mia Fischel as their first pick, overall number five, in the NWCL college draft and Mia Fischel decided to forego playing with the Orlando Pride and has signed with Tigres. Obviously she is making the best career move for her and I'm so excited to watch her there. She's gonna be their number 10. She's just started training with them and I think that you know obviously we want to see Mia playing in the NWCL but these younger players going and getting experience overseas or in other countries other leagues that are a different level of play, a different set of skills that you need to have, are only going to help grow their game. And so maybe Mia will go play there for a little bit, and then maybe she'll come back to the NWSL when she knows that she can make more for what she's worth or become a starter right away. So I definitely think that although Orlando was kind of planning to use me as an integral part in their new foundation of what this team is looking like, I think that they are... Still going to look really good, and I'm really excited for both the Orlando Pride's new coaching staff, but also me official playing at Tigres, and they've also signed some other really awesome people that I'm sure we will be talking about very soon. Now, in big hockey news, the Professional Women's Hockey League, um, or the Professional Hockey Federation, so the PHF, has announced that they are going to be increasing the salary cap and expanding to have additional teams over the next couple seasons. So a $25 million investment over the next two seasons from the Board of Governors will be going directly to increasing the salaries and enhancing the players' experience. Um, and basically with this, the salary cap is going up 150% next year from 300000 to 750000 per team. So that's obviously a big leap and it's going to make it a lot more sustainable for players to, you know, make income from hockey and not just play it as like Oh, after I have my 9 to 5, I got to go to hockey practice because in the long term we want these women who are world-class athletes to be able to play the sport they love and are really really good at and like have it be sustainable for their lifestyle. And so over the next couple years they're going to be having that investment. There's going to be 7.5 million dollars in salary and benefits for next year. And the league has also planned um to expand from six teams to eight teams next season. So the seventh team will be in Montreal, Quebec, and there will be another team in the U.S. from what I've heard. And the season is also going to expand, so there's going to be 28-game schedule. And so just seeing this investment in salary and benefits with maternity leave becoming a thing, um, you know, more games, more teams, more competition – it's only going to grow the league more and it's going to allow these teams to play at better facilities, train in better places, have more show at games, and also make it more sustainable for them to support their lives, which I know I said already, but it's so important to kind of carry that fact home that a lot of these athletes, especially in the PHF, work regular 9-to-5s and then 
play hockey on the weekends and travel. Um, just the other day, the Connecticut Wales tweeted about one of their players, Kaylee Hutchinson, and she is a pediatric nurse. So she wakes up early, goes to the hospital, works a shift, and then travels for a game. And so the fact that these women are working these really badass jobs and being really good at them and then being really badass at hockey is just incredible and it shows how much they deserve the investment and I'm so excited to see where the PHF is going to go. In basketball news, the Athletes Unlimited roster was announced for their basketball season and it's got some really good names on it. So the Athletes Unlimited basketball season will run from January 26th to February 26th. It'll be 44 athletes over five weeks. And they want to change the game into a action-packed, you know, can't-miss thing so that people can constantly see it. A shorter season means that there's higher stakes and more opportunity. It's providing a space for women to play professionally in the U.S. and also giving WNBA players the option to remain in the U.S. all year because a lot of WNBA players will play here, play their season, and then go over to another country um, like Sweden or Russia, like stuff like that, and play over there. And so this kind of is starting to give them the option to stay here. It is, you know, designed and kind of run by these players for the players so that they are getting the best out of it. And so there's some big WNBA names in there like Lexi Brown, Natasha Cloud, um, Dijanae Carrington, and then you have Sydney Colson. There's just a lot of them, and I think it's going to be really, really good um, basketball to watch, and I'm really excited to see how that goes. And so, guys, make sure you check out Athletes Unlimited and just all they do in general, but especially this basketball season that will be starting in a few days. Now we're going to quickly talk some soccer stuff. And so, obviously, there's been a lot going on with the Washington Spirit. I could probably do an entire episode about all the Washington Spirit stuff. But in good news, the Washington Spirit co-owner, Michelle Kong, has petitioned potentially gain control of the team from owner Steve Baldwin and Bill Lynch. There's obviously still a lot to go. I know that they're kind of in negotiations right now with the Board of Governors for the league, and they're kind of seeing both sides of things, which I think is stupid because this team should rightfully belong to Michelle Kong, who not only supports the players, but the players support her, and it just makes sense. And I think that men who are being sexist and racist and abusive in an environment where athletes have to warn rookies about what they might face is wrong and she is going to provide a good safe opportunity to play soccer and so I think that the team should go to her I mean I think that everyone agrees that for that but there's been some sources saying that she has kind of officially gained you know full leader like full leadership of the team because she has convinced set eight of the spirits debt holders to convert their debt to equity to invest in their the team and there's a lot of big words but basically once that's done there's possibility that like Baldwin kind of can't do anything else with that um and then other NWSL stuff the NWSL players won't report to their clubs for the first day of preseason Uh, which is set to start February 1st without a collective bargaining agreement. They've been in the talks of that since literally the beginning of 2020, and nothing has been settled. There have been barely any representatives from teams, um, leadership there, supporting these players, listening to what they want. And so I fully support the players, you know, wanting to stand their ground, and as they should, because they shouldn't be, like, like, 
I just, it boggles my mind that these women who are world-class athletes, and I will stand by that, are treated as if they're, like, in a rec league. Like, it's ridiculous, and they are not listened to, and they are not heard, and so there's definitely a lot still going on. There's been apparently 35, I think, if I remember this correctly, there's been 35 bargaining sessions since it began, and there are only a few, like, key points that are being um, worked out. The biggest one is definitely the details of free agency, and that is something a lot of players want because they don't want, you know... To just kind of be tossed around, obviously you're going to get traded, but I think that the idea that players have absolutely zero control in their career at the end of the day is really frustrating. And so negotiations are still going on between the players, union, the league, the teams, and are hoping to have stuff done soon, but ownership did not attend any sessions until October, and the talks began in late late 2020 so it's kind of frustrating to see that they're not listening to the players and I hope that we will see these players you know get what they deserve and get what they want soon because they have a really long preseason right into the challenge cup what the players have said they don't want and so if they could just get people to listen to them and get those things worked out it would be really really great and I stand completely with the players about getting a CBA that benefits them and not showing up to preseason if they don't. Those were, to me, the five biggest things that have happened in the last week. Um, Obviously, there was a lot that happened when I wasn't recording. And if you guys would want me to kind of go into what I missed over the four-week break, I can definitely do that. But I feel like at this point, it's probably too late to talk about certain things. Um, I guess some quick what you missed. Um, Jaylene Daniels came out of retirement and is playing for the North Carolina Courage again, and North Carolina's front office has been incredibly dismissive of how she is homophobic and, you know, not a safe place for people. Um, Along with that, the U.S. Women's National Team is in camp again, and the only, like, rookies, I mean, the only veterans, I guess, on the squad right now are Kelly O'Hara, Alyssa Nair's back in action, which is really exciting. And then you have Lynn Williams, who I feel like should be be considered a veteran at this point. And you have Christy, Sam, um, Lindsay, Rose. But there are some new faces. You have Sophia Huerta back, Mal Pugh back, Trinity Rodman. Uh, Morgan Weaver got called up again after Imani Dorsey got hurt um, and was not able to make it to camp. And then you have... Morgan Bryan is back in the mix, which was really exciting to see because she had a great season. And then um, Midge Purse was there, which obviously, rightfully so, she deserves that. And Aubrey Blesdo got got married over the break, and she is now Aubrey Kings- Kingsbury, and she has been called into camp. And so there are no games this camp. This is more of like a ID camp kind of deal. But apparently there will be an indoor scrimmage between the U.S. Women's National Team and the U23 team. And so that'll be kind of exciting to see if it gets streamed. I don't think it will, but if we get any inside peeks to that, that would be really cool. And I'm sure I'm missing a lot of stuff. But overall, I think that, you know, women's sports are awesome and they've been doing really great things. And there's so much exciting stuff to look forward to. And I hope you guys continue to tune in to hear Tune into all the other podcasts, Soccer Over Gotham, Shea Butter FC, 
I'm probably forgetting a ton and I'm so sorry, but there's, oh, Women's Sports Matter. Like, there's so many good ones. And I think that you guys just need to listen to us all because we all have different insight and share great things. And with that being said, we are going to head into the interview. And so um, I hope that this got you caught up with a little bit of sports stuff. And I hope you like the interview. All right. So today I have Evan Lukey. That's how you say your last name, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, with me and I'm very excited that he's here. So Evan, if you wanted to like introduce yourself a little real quick. Yeah. Um, hi, I'm Evan. Nice to meet all of y'all, I guess, virtually. Um, thank y'all for tuning in. Um, I am currently in Portland, Oregon. I'm a freelance photographer, social media consultant. I do a couple, I do a lot of side projects. Um, let me see what else is there about me. Uh, I moved from Texas. I was previously the director of digital media over at Stephen F. Austin. Um, I'm currently the creative director at Authentic Sports Media Group. Um, yeah, I think that's all. There could be more. I don't know. It's okay. That's, that's enough for everyone to get a bit of a gist of who you are. Um, and we'll yeah. definitely get into some other stuff with some of the questions. So I kind of just wanted to start with, obviously, you're a freelance photographer and you do social media stuff. So where did you get your start with photography and how did it become something that you kind of knew you wanted to do long term for a living? So I originally got into photography in high school. Um, it was a kind of my outlet. It created the safe space for me to be fully creative and be who I want to be. Um, and so... I was really, wait, am I, I was really bad um, at this. Uh, and so then, well, I look back at my work and I'm just like, oh my God, why? Um, and then, so uh, I kept pursuing it for some reason. And then in college, uh, I was, I was a track athlete. And so we were trying to figure out, okay, how can track and cross country get content? And they wouldn't send photos. And then we had an outdoor meet and we were racing uh also just a discrepancy there's like multiple versions of the story so um depending on who you're asking also apologize for the ADHD-ness right now um, <laughs> so uh basically though uh I was racing and I told our guy our SID who I kind of worked with before at indoors um but nothing too crazy it was just like uh I was like dude your photos are trash can we get something better um <laughs> ironically the dude hired me a couple years later um but he's like can you do better I was like yeah sure I'll try it uh I did not do any better much better but it was still a foot in the door for collegiate athletics for me yeah. and how did I know I wanted to do it for a living I don't know it just kind of was fun and I like grew and people started uh hiring me and people started buying my prints I was like oh I guess I can make money off this that's super cool. Yeah, I feel like there's like so many like stories where people just kind of like do something and then you're like you're doing it just because you like it and then you realize like, oh, this is actually gonna like like work out for me. And so that's kind of what I've started to realize is like doing this is like or just like working on campus and stuff like that. It's like just one like little thing kind of brings up so many different opportunities. So I feel like I always I'm telling like my little sister or like other friends just like don't be afraid to like ask or like try new things because you never know where it could take you so you are currently a freelance like freelance I said that already and you said that but 
again, it is what it is. Um, what exactly does that entail? Because I feel like a lot of times, like especially in sports, you kind of hear that word, but some people might not know exactly what it means. So what does that really mean? Uh, I got to figure out what that means first. Um, <laughs> I think, though, like in the grand scheme of things, I mean, it's a lot of networking, a lot of knowing people. Um, like this morning, I was looking through uh, some Slack channels I was a part of and found a couple of opportunities um, down in February. But I mean, essentially, it's if there's a multiple ways you can go about it, you can either email teams and say, hey, like, I see y'all are playing uh we'll use uh portland for an example i see y'all playing university of portland on december 3rd um and so you email those schools you send them your rates and then you can hear back a lot of, you might get rejected a lot you probably will um but if for the but if you don't then that's how you can like also get your foot in the door within working for on the team side but also do a lot of editorial stuff so that's a whole different route so there's a lot of ways you can go about it cool um so when you got into freelancing how how difficult I mean even now how difficult is it to kind of like take the rejections and keep moving forward even though you've heard no a bunch of times uh, I mean you get numb to it a little bit uh <laughs> after a while but uh I mean it I've learned to look, not look at it like a look at it in the sense of rejection and it, I'll turn to I tend to look at it in terms of me being able like, okay, this person didn't uh, want to hire me. Why is that? Figure out what they're looking for specifically. If I can offer that, great. If not, um, then I move on. But a lot of it's just kind of, well, it probably wasn't meant to be. And yeah. I feel like that's a really good outlook on things because I mean, in anything you do, you're going to hear no more times than you're going to hear yes. So that's a really good mentality to kind of move forward with things. Um, so how did you get into freelancing? Was there a reason that you started doing it? Did it just give you more opportunities or? Uh, they, uh, I'll give a little bit of a story back and back background on that. Um, so, I mean, it was, I was working at, I did freelance before previously when I was trying to leave Southern Utah. Um, and then I was like, okay, I want to do freelance back in Texas. I feel like I could, I feel like I'm well skilled enough and versatile enough to be able to uh, have clients hire me. And so that worked out really well. Um, and then a couple months later, Stephen F. Austin State called and they said, hey, we have a job open for you. Would you like it? Yes. Uh, we do the, all that stuff. And so it was time for, I believe it was in June of 2021, we were looking I was looking back, I was like, okay, cool. Like this is all what we've done. I'm kind of bored. I'm kind of worn out, to be honest, like just mentally exhausted. Um, how can we figure out what's next? And so um a couple of things happened and then it was kind of just the right opportunity for me to go back into freelance and allowing myself to be as free as possible. Um, which eventually provoked this move to Portland and where now I'm working a lot of it remotely, but also up here in Portland as well. So you said that like you were kind of getting bored. So does like freelancing, it obviously gives you a different set of opportunities and things like that. So what kind of opportunities have you had that 
a typical job tied to like one team or location or like school like what has that presented that you didn't get when you were doing that uh yeah there's been a lot of opportunities like I got to work with the Houston Dash uh when they were up here in Portland um shout out Bianca and Logan for that um and uh I got to work the MLS Cup which was really cool I've worked a couple national championships at the NCAA level um division two let me see what else have I done that was really cool I got to go to Sweden that was really awesome that sounds so cool (laughs) yeah and then uh I got to let me and then working with the Mavs also was really phenomenal that's awesome I definitely think that like the idea of freelance work sounds so cool just because you can try like so many different areas I guess if like I don't know if that that's the vibe that you kind of have but I feel like I looked at your like website and you have your like gallery of photos and you've done so many different things which I feel like you wouldn't get that opportunity if you were like okay I'm just working for this school and this one team at this school and so that's really cool that you've been able to do all of those things because that's awesome things (laughs) yeah and and like both sides like if you work in-house like they both uh present uh unique challenges and unique opportunities it's just a matter of which one do you want to be a part of yeah for sure um what was the first introduction you had to photographing sporting events I think you kind of mentioned that earlier with with um your cross-country and track stuff but did had you done any like sports photography before that or was that your kind of first go at it yeah, yeah. Uh, my first go actually was back in high school when I started, and it was uh, with our soccer team. I um, I worked very closely to our women's soccer team, and I was just like, and then my brother gave me a camera, uh, did some city stuff, and I was like, oh, I want to. I love sports. I like I like doing photography. Um, let me see if I can merge them together. And then those photos were trash, but. Uh, <laughs> Overall, um, I mean, yeah, that was kind of the intro to it. And I, just, I didn't necessarily fall in love immediately, but I, was, I've en- I enjoyed the time I was spending doing it. Yeah, my little sister, um, like for a while was like, I want to I be a photographer. And we were like, okay, like here's a camera, take pictures. And so we went to a couple of like the Sky Blue at the time games at, during the fall series when they were playing at Montclair. And you can see them from like the parking garage. So we were like up on the parking garage deck, like watching because no fans were allowed. And she's like taking pictures. And then like a few days later, she's like, okay. And we're like, that's it. She's like, yeah, I don't know. I was like, okay. I was like, let's try it a little more, Sam. But so I will make sure that she listens to this so that she knows that she can, (laughs) even if they're bad now, they'll get better one day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Don't give up. Since working in sports, um, what are some of like the most defining moments that you've been able to not only like work for, but just see or like hear of and capture in your stuff? What specifically on that? Like Like a moment that kind of made you realize like, oh yeah, sports is just, this is the place I want to be kind of deal. Ooh, um, I mean, I think it's, for me, it goes outside of uh, what my typical day-to-day job looks like. Um, It it goes back to seeing, like, these athletes win. Not necessarily necessarily on the floor, but in their their lives. Like, uh, predominantly working in college athletics, it's definitely shown me that these athletes have lives outside of 
just the court or the field um, or the respective playing surface. And so it just kind of like seeing them win and seeing like just, I don't know, like, yeah, seeing them win is definitely something that like keeps me going and being able to see them thrive outside of it, outside of their sport. Yeah, it's like for me, um, I mean, like I am a freshman in college right now, so I'm just kind of like getting started, but I work for our women's soccer team on campus and like I'm friends with a lot of like athletes and it's so like interesting to just see like how they can just kind of like they have like this whole like okay I have class now so like one of my friends she has class from like two to four or something and then I was like oh like do you have a break before the game tonight and she was like no I'm at the gym already I'm like but you like it's just crazy how much they do and like so it is really awesome to like see when like the teams like make it far accomplish great things like our women's field hockey team made it to the NCAA tournament for like the first time ever and beat like almost made it to the third round or something like that which is like really awesome because they had never done that before and like I'm friends with some of them and so then they come back and we're all just like dude you like did that like that's so cool and so I really love the college aspect of it so I really think that that's awesome kind of wrapping things up but just for you was it really difficult to get into sports photography specifically like covering teams or you know like professional level teams like how did that kind of start to come about for you yeah the professional level yes uh getting into sports photography not necessarily but getting good at it yes um like and that thing like kind of once you're at the pro level I mean there's it's really hard to get in uh you kind of just have to either know the right people or the right opportunity has to be there but most of the time from what I've learned and what I've experienced, it's knowing the right people and making sure those relationships that you're building, you keep, um, you don't just use them for a job. You don't just use them for, Hey, can I get a portfolio critique? Like you actually like invest in that relationship and it's yeah. worth building for you. Um, sure. and so, yeah, though, um, getting into pro photography, getting into, getting into pro sports is probably the more difficult part. Um, just because a lot of them, they already have that in-house crew set up. Um, those opportunities, we're starting to see them come up a lot more. But even then, they're still, they're still not as often, I guess. Or they're not showing up as often as you would see, say, uh, just a general job, I guess, like a, in marketing or, yeah. ad, or accounting or something. But I don't know. It's really cool to see, though. Uh, yeah. Um... I feel like just I feel like definitely because I mean I am constantly looking for internships so like I check teamwork online like a million times a day just to see if anything new's been posted and there definitely is a lot more like creative stuff coming up so I think it's it is really exciting to see that a job that used to kind of like not even exist is becoming a lot more like popular and accessible and like there's more positions available for stuff like that um so just like one last thing before we do some rapid fire questions, because I think that those are so fun, but um, what advice do you have to someone who might be interested in getting into photography just in general or sports, if you want to specify, but. Ooh, there's so many different options I could go with. Uh, I would say a couple things. One, take care of yourself because it definitely can get overwhelming and it can get uh, to a place where it's too much if you don't take care of yourself um 
but I would say also second, like know your worth. Like uh, you see that a lot with SM sports. Like you see these entry-level jobs for like, I'd, I'd say Kentucky was probably the most recent thing. Uh, they posted a job for like 24,000 and you're asking for this much, uh, a whole list of things. Um, and you just gotta be able to, yeah, the Kentucky brand is gonna help, help your resume, help your portfolio, but you also have to understand that you still have to make a living and that you still have to get paid for the work you're putting in. So know yourself, know your worth. Yeah, that's Thanks, really Greg. great advice. <laughs> I feel like there's so many times where, especially younger people, like just getting into the job field, are kind of like like people who are more established think that they could just be like, oh, well, you're going to do all of these things. And then once you have the job, we're going to give you more things to do. But you're not like actually getting what you deserve for doing all of those things in certain aspects. And so I think that knowing your worth is crucial in like anything you do, but especially when you're working in those jobs where it is a lot more difficult to get into things. Yeah, and it's like kind of just... I think people at the administration level, those people who are hiring, don't necessarily fully understand. And we're starting to see a shift in that as well as teams bring in creative directors and stuff and positions like those. But like the athletic director isn't, not all of them, but some of them aren't necessarily going to understand what you do on a day-to-day. Um, and it's kind of hard to justify what you're doing, especially if there's no direct uh, return on investment ROI um in terms of a business perspective but yeah like just kind of know yourself know your worth though but you just kind of have to say no occasionally which sucks but understand that there are going to be more opportunities there that is really awesome advice I'm going to make sure Sammy listens to this entire episode because she told me that she only listens to some of them because she's like I don't want to listen to you talk all the time so I'm going to be like, Sammy, you have to listen to the entire episode this time. But um, thank you so much. That was really, it's so, I think it's so cool to just hear about like the different job opportunities that are available in sports. And that's kind of like the area that I want to take this for a little while is just showing that like working in sports is not just like being the athlete or being the on-air person, but there's so many different areas. Like there's the reporters and photographers and social media people like Bianca and Connor and like. I think it's so cool to just really like widen people's perspective of how many like how many people it takes to make what we see on TV and on social media for sports actually happen. And so I really appreciate you coming on here and we're going to do some quick rapid fire questions if you're cool with that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what is your favorite sport to photograph? Ooh, basketball or football. Okay. If you could only photograph with one camera for the rest of your career, which one would you use? Because I don't know if people use like more than one. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll probably use my either. I'll either use my Canon 1DX uh, or I'll use my iPhone. Your iPhone? Yeah. Ooh. Like 90% of my uh, photos on my Instagram feed are from my iPhone. So. Oh my gosh. You must have like. A different iPhone setting than I do for your camera. I don't know. How does that work? We'll have to talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. What is the best non-sport job that you've worked? Uh, in the hospitality industry. Cool. And then, obviously, you capture a lot of things. So, you, like, I don't know if you travel a ton, but I figure you, you've probably seen a bunch of places. So, what is, like, your go-to travel snack? 
my go-to travel snack well um let me see i love uh getting mac and cheese from the airport um <laughs> which is very random or if i'm like limited like uh like a gas station type thing i'll probably get like bite-sized ritz oh i'm a goldfish person i love goldfish Ooh. i have like a giant box of goldfish up there yeah yeah goldfish <laughs> oh. is also a solid choice so yeah do you have a okay and then like last one do you have a favorite photo that you've like ever taken no uh I mean I have like my portfolio where there's a where there's a lot of my favorite images and I was thinking about this the other day but I mean I think it's the one that I take next that'll probably be the next one that's so good (laughs) well thank you so much again for joining me I really had a great time talking to you and yeah No problem. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Mickey Mike's Up. I hope you liked getting caught up a little bit with some sports stuff. I really hope you liked hearing from Evan and all about what freelances and freelance photography and all that kind of stuff. Um, If you did like it, be sure to share, you know, retweet on Twitter tell all your friends, make an Instagram story post or something like that. You know, all the things. Um, I am just so excited to be posting these again. It really brings me so much joy. And next episode, I'm definitely going to do a little college update for you guys, just because that was one of the things I wanted to talk about. And I know my mom loves that. So mom, if you got to this part and you listened all the way through next week, well, not next week, two weeks from now, we'll have a college update just for you. Um, Thank you guys again. And Be sure to tune into the next one.